And then we're seeing more of this now is like people start to channel things. Like I'm a channel, I do tarot cards and oral. They're starting to access their gifts and there's nothing wrong with that, but they don't have the tools to work the energy when you hit an energy that you have matching pain to. So I was doing all these readings, essentially sponging everybody's pain. I'll heal that. I'll do that. And I had a complete nervous system shutdown, like complete dorsal feigning for death, like moment where I thought I was going to die. And it, it was like a whole nervous system breakdown. And I was like, put, lock me up. Like I need to not be on this planet right now. It was just too much. I remember when I took my first breathwork class with my mentor and I was able to be with me in my body. She set the energy and she was grounded and I felt her grounded presence. And I said, I want that. That, that feels good. <laughs> How do I get that? Welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Change, everyone. I'm your host, Alex Corey. I'm really excited for this episode. This is highly, highly amusing. This is actually take two, round two of recording this. This is my partner in crime, Alexandria Kenyon. She's the embodied psychic. And this is the story of how she figured out that she was the psychic and then getting back into her body and all the nervous system regulation tools and energy tools and clairvoyant tools that she now has uh, helps other people uncover blockages. I've used a ton of these energy management tools. I work on a more physical, biochemical, and uh, dense level, obviously, and in most of my interests. And she is on the more energetic side and creative side, but all these tools, and we have two specific tools at the end for grounding and for uh, getting other people's energy out of your own body. Super useful for just being aware of triggers being aware of a lot of nervous system and stress management techniques that we all handle on a day-to-day -day basis in her story is absolutely fascinating. And we'll have more interviews with her because the information is uh, revelatory for me and just hyper useful for managing energy on a daily basis, which I, I think is what a lot of people really come to listen to podcasts for is just feeling better in our own bodies, being a little more grounded and just enjoying and being a little more amused. Enjoy this episode with Alexandria Kenyon, the Embodied Psychic. Round two. Last time we did this, just as five minutes ago, there were so many audio issues that I couldn't touch. So we're going round two, which I like because the second or third iterations of getting to know someone's journey, I pick up on so many more cool little details that just amplify everything. And my favorite superhero movies out of a trilogy is always the origin story so my goal is to get your origin story again could you walk us through the origin story your story of how you became the embodied psychic because that's a paradox by itself and i love hearing your story amazing i also just want to like touch base on what happened post podcast yes so we did this whole amazing podcast. It was so great. Filmed in person. We both like grew through so much. We're like, oh my gosh, it's great. We went on a walk and I experienced this massive nervous system dysregulation where I almost passed on the side of the river because of heat. And I just think energy work is so interesting. So if you're listening to this podcast, like there might be some energy that comes up because we're talking about a lot of stuff. So I'll just say. Yay, to that. Here we are again. Um, hi, I'm Alexandria. 
introduce myself again. <laughs> um, what is my origin story? How did the embodied psychic come to be? Well, I would say that my story started as the boundaryless empath. <laughs> And I was just extremely empathic. I was taking responsibility for everyone's feelings, people pleasing, just being like, I wanted everyone to like me. And so I did that for a long time, like, like 20 years, 25, 26 years. Um, until my mom passed away when I was 25, really suddenly she, she took her life. And that was a really, really, really big moment um, for me, cause it was very sudden, um, like very, very sudden. I knew that she had some mental health stuff going on and she had for a long time, but you know, you never really think something's going to happen or there's going to be an end to something. And, uh, yeah, from there I had this massive, almost, um, linear near death experience because as she died she almost pulled my energy bot like body up into um another dimension <laughs> and I realized that there's more to life than just physicality um I wouldn't say that I was a closed person I mean I grew up on tarot cards and psychic stuff and like I love to good astrology reading but I had never been so deeply in in source energy um until that that moment where I felt pure love and it was all kind of in a trancey dreamlike dreamlike state and so from there I became you know I started as this like uh, boundaryless empath and I transitioned into an ungrounded psychic <laughs> as the as the journey kind of progresses um kind of went on this like heroine's journey of shadow work and like deep training and and started doing readings and that was really cool until I realized I had no idea what was like happening like what was I channeling I I went through what I would call psychic injury and so what happens and we're seeing more of this now is like people start to channel things like I'm a channel I do tarot cards and or they're starting to access their gifts and there's nothing wrong with that but they don't have the tools to work the energy when you hit an energy that you have matching pain to. So I was doing all these readings, essentially sponging everybody's pain. I'll heal that. I'll do that. And I had a complete nervous system shutdown, like complete dorsal feigning for death, like moment where I thought I was going to die. Like I was on the brink of it and it, it was like a whole nervous system breakdown. And I was like, put, lock me up. Like I need to not be on this planet right now. It was just too much. That's kind of what happens. You get, it's like getting overstimulated, but then multiply that by a million because you're doing it on the energetic level. So complete, complete, just like energetic overwhelm. Um, yeah. Trying to go through it too, too fast. So then met my mentor got divorced, did a bunch of things that I needed to do, and then started to train and uh, started to really work on being in my body. Because before I was going out of my body and jumping into 
people's auras to read their energy. Now I'm in my body, I'm grounded and I'm reading from my center of head. Um, so yeah, the journey of becoming the embodied psychic took a lot because I didn't really want to be in my body. My body had a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. I didn't want to, I didn't want to process that. Um, and I, you know, coped with that in my ways and yeah, until I finally was like, all right, I gotta, I can't really move forward without being grounded and being on this planet and being here and being present. It's just not going to work. So that's my origin story. How would someone tell if they were ungrounded for a good majority of your day? Like what, what do you use to tell how grounded you are? I think it would be different for each person. I think that when you're chronically ungrounded, it's really challenging to experience what being ungrounded is feeling like, because it probably wouldn't be different um, until you experience like a grounded person <laughs> and then you're like I remember when I took my first breathwork class with my mentor and I was able to be with me in my body she set the energy and she was grounded and I felt her grounded presence and I said I want that 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 feels good <laughs> how do I get that and that's what really started my journey I will say for me though because I think everybody is different um I kind of call it being heady or like getting really spacey and just like, Oh, like, you know, you can't feel your feet. Um, you're not, you're not here in, in the presence. Um, you might be having a lot of anxiety. Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's similar to feeling disassociated. Yeah. Like grounding is being present and being here and being able to, take things in in the physical um you just kind of know <laughs> yeah yeah well, it sounds like inflammation on the nutritional side so a lot of people are chronically inflamed and whenever someone talks about a baseline of inflammation or not being inflamed it's hard to wrap your mind around that because you're like i don't actually know if i know what that feels like until you go all the way back down to center and you're like, oh, I'm probably 60% plus inflamed on a daily basis from any level of stressors, but just work, traffic, diet, content, just literally any number of things. But that's my uh, barometer or analogy that I always think of whenever, whenever I hear that term grounded, where kind of you just feel calm and you can like move in any direction kind of like a base stance in athletics like you're not being pushed or pulled either way you're not anticipating anything you're kind of just ready to respond is that accurate at all yeah i would say too like if you've ever gone out into nature and just kind of let go and just feel yourself there's a there's a natural heaviness to it there's a natural like i can feel myself and I'm here with myself and I'm present with myself. If you ever got in nature for like a few days or a few hours, you're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so chill. You know, our natural baseline is actually much chiller. The world around us is literally throwing energy to unground us all day. That's why psychic tools are so important, especially for sensitive people, whether you're sensitive in the psychic sense or you're neurodivergent or whatever it is, like energy is getting thrown all day. Distraction, look at me do this. And your aura is like, 
And if you don't have the tools to kind of like own your space, yeah, you can be just chronically ungrounded, dysregulated, floating off into the ethers. And yeah, (laughs) that was me. (laughs) What's your definition of psychic? I think that has to change every single day. Because I have a picture that pops in. A lot of people will have a specific persona or archetype or image that pops in. So what do you, what do you like to represent it as? Well, I would just say anyone who has access to extra sensory abilities, which we all do. It's just a matter of, can you get still enough? Can you get quiet enough? Can you listen to yourself? Um, Yeah. I would just say anyone who has extra sensory abilities, which we all have. So yeah. Would that be clairvoyance or similar to that? Well, there's different kinds of psychic abilities. Um, clairvoyance is clear seeing. Um, a lot of people on this planet feel things first. That's clear sentience. That's what, you know, is considered to be empathy. Like, oh, I'm so em- empathic. Yes, that's the second chakra. You're taking in energy at the second chakra. Or you have an overactive second chakra. Um Clear knowing with crown chakra, clear cognizance. There's a lot of different ways we perceive. We have chakras on our hands, our healing chakras. Um, so I think we all have a really unique mix of psychic abilities. Um, no person is the same. We're so unique. And so, yeah, it's all about kind of the way that we are experiencing the world. And I didn't realize I was psychic for so long because I thought my experience was the same as everybody's. It was until I validated that it wasn't that I hear things and I see things and I have voices in my head all the time. And that I was like, Oh, I'm sensitive to energy. And if you don't like the word psychic, because there's a lot of charge on it. And I know not everyone resonates with that. I like it because I feel like I'm kind of reclaiming this energy, but like some people are just sensitive to energy. You're sensitive to other people's feelings. You're sensitive to what other people are thinking. You're sensitive to whatever. So it's just really like being attuned to energy. So you mentioned, I think of bio-individuality. So I do metabolism space. So you mentioned that everyone's psychicness, psychicness is a little different, much like everyone's metabolism or the way they, they work off of like physical energy would be a little different or do you think people are born with that bio-individuality or can you train those specific unique gifts by themselves or both both and yeah i mean do i think that had i not trained my clairvoyance it would go this far no i think that you know what we're really training or training clairvoyance i think it's natural it's in here some of us are more naturally attuned to it, but I do think you can train it. I think everyone can have the ability. What you're doing when you're training is clearing the invalidation in every layer of your, your body, right? Like all the invalidation, all the pain from all the past lives and you died of it. That's what psychic training is, is, is clearing anything that keeps you from you. Yeah. Is the training like someone would think, or I would think of, like physical training do it is there a rep like what's the the training like a little glimpse of what the training looks like on a surface level is it just a like training a muscle 
I think that being psychic is literally training a muscle. It's psychic reps. It's hitting the gym and reading every single day and doing it again and again, because essentially you're developing a language. You're seeing something and then you're knowing what it is. And then you're developing the way as what a medium is, is the channel between of communicating that to whoever you're reading. Um, so yeah, I would say psychic training has been the ultimate, uh, like clairvoyant CrossFit gym. Um, <laughs> it's spiritual fitness. <laughs> so that, it's been, it's been really intense. Um, I don't think I knew what I was getting into. Um, I just wanted to like, you know, be able to see, but I didn't realize how much was really impacting that site and, um, how basically during psychic training, like you're really intending to get triggered so that you can clear everything that keeps you from neutrality. And so really with, I called it trigger fest, like for a whole year, just absolutely unhingedly triggered. Um, really daunting. Thank God I took it one step at a time because I was hitting on some deep, deep pain. Yeah. I make, I make it sound great. <laughs> well, it sounds like what people would get a glimpse of if they go to therapy or have something, you know, no one likes touching. I don't like touching pain. No one likes re, you know, our bodies tend to bury it. Right. And then we bring it back up so it can remove the charge. Is that accurate? Yeah. Essentially what we're doing in psychic training is we're taking what's called a picture. So we're all fed pictures all, all day. What's an advertisement, if not a picture, and you're taking it in through, you know, your aura. And sometimes picture, if I like to see them as like sticky notes, they kind of get stuck in our aura. And what we're doing in clairvoyant training is kind of pulling those sticky notes of you're not allowed to see, you can't see this. Don't do this. Don't be psychic, all that, we're pulling that off and then we're blowing it up so we can release the charge. It's not to remove the memory. It's to clear any energy that's that's keeping that stuck in your system so your energy can naturally flow. Um, so yeah, it's it's literally just clearing every charge over and over again. And some things are, have been so deeply traumatic and painful, they have a lot of charge. So I just blow them up so many times. I'm like, oh my God, this again? <laughs> Yeah. So going off of that, it's not a one and done. Like wh where do you think things are stored? And is there a way, do you have to consistently work on something or is there a way to like clear it? Nothing is a one and done because everything is layered. And just when we think we've gotten something, there's another layer that we now have access to. It's buried, right? So I don't, I don't think anything is a one and done. I have experienced miraculous healing when I've cleared one program and it's like, whoa, the whole, your whole life shifts. So it's just a matter of what are we looking at? What are we clearing? What are we healing? And have you done the work to allow this to finally shift? Um, so yeah, nothing really is a, a one and done. I think every single day I'm working my energy field. That's the whole point of learning tools is like, so you have them <laughs> so you can use them. I think, again, it's, it's almost like fitness in that sense. You stop going to the gym for a month, you're going to feel it and you're going to hit that hard day. Like today I did my first workout in like a month and I hit that hard day and I was like, oh, fuck. and you know, you're just working through that layer of energy again. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a constant, 
but it gets easier because you've done the reps. So you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And if I don't, I just call my trainer or my psychic teachers, you know, I'm like, help. <laughs> so I want to touch on one thing, one more layer of that. And then you mentioned earlier uh, dorsal. So I want to go back into that. How would you even start to look at layers? Like, what would I do to start seeing what I store? Like, do you just wait for things to come up naturally? Do you, how does someone know uh, what they have to start removing charge on? How do you start digging? Oh, that was your question that I missed. Just like, where is the energy stored? So the energy can be stored in all layers of your aura. It can be stored in your body. Um, it can be stored kind of on the outside of your aura. It, it really just depends where the pictures are. That's what we call them. Yeah. The pictures of the programming. Um, so where would you start? Start with where you're triggered. That so is a very, I mean, the world is constantly, I mean, the universe is like constantly orchestrating healing for us. Mm. Constantly. It's almost hilarious. If you're in this space, and you're listening, like how many times does, like the most perfect trigger just come in? Like, for example, today at work, <laughs> everyone was talking about one of my coworkers. She does a really cool job where she waters plants. Okay. My mother had that job when I was in high school and she had a, she had a van and it was the Mr. Plant van. And it was like the source of so much pain for me. I got made fun of so much. So all these women were like, that's the coolest job ever. And just like validating like how cool it is. Like she gets to water plants. I'm like, Oh God, it is cool. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. why at 30 is this cool now? And so I got to clear that. Like I got to clear those pictures because the day brought it up naturally. So I, I went and I looked at all those pictures and I was like, okay, I'm holding a lot of pain around my mother's choices. And I got to just clear it and blow it up. And so I was like, oh, neutrality, this is actually really cool because I don't have to hold that anymore. So I would say follow your triggers. I think it's tracking. I mean, you're into, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, I'm like, you're into hunting. It's like tracking. So you, you do this really well. Um, you know, you get triggered and you take some space and you start to kind of look, okay, what in me is lit up? Why? And where does that come from? Is that my energy? And you start to, you know, naturally follow the threads. And then you usually get to, I mean, I think this happens naturally for me. So I don't know if it's everybody who has this skill. I, I really don't know because I only know myself. I naturally track it and I'm like, okay, that happened when I was like four. And it takes a couple days. And sometimes it takes another psychic to call my pain picture out. Because I'm like, oh, I can't see it. I'm like stuck in the deepest pain. And they're like, wow, that was from this. I was like, oh, and that's the validation we need because we're our own healers. No one's ever healing you. They're holding space and they're giving you information so you can heal yourself. Yeah. So the trigger is the cue for the awareness. 100%. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah. And noticing too, like, where in my body am I holding this? You can, you can go through the somatic lens, but for this episode, we'll just kind of talk about the energetic yeah. lens. Um, yeah. And so you said aura earlier. So anytime I hear that, I just think 
the bodies and hearts generated electromagnetic field, but that might be a little too dense and physical. Is it broader than that? Like what do you, when you say aura, what do you mean? Um, I kind of explained it the same way. It's just the electromagnetic field around us. There's seven layers that we talk about kind of every day. I mean, there's kind of more layers, but um, there's seven layers that we talk about and, you know, we're all interacting. I, I like to see it like it's energy moving, it's dancing, it's colors in the wind. It's not that it's all beautiful and balanced and like every layer is structured so perfectly. Like it's all kind of like, oh, and uh, kind of dancing together. And sometimes, you know, when we experience being empathic or like, uh, <laughs> or sensitive, like we're just checking in other people's colors. I see it as color mainly. When I look at a layer of an aura, I pull it up. And I'm like, ooh, okay, where where are you vibrating through color? So the universe really connects with me through color um, first. And the colors usually have kind of their own story. That's really cool. That's beautiful to think of. Is it similar to what we would or I would naturally put on it where if someone's like vibrating in a very heavy or dark, would the colors get grayer and blacker and is bright and dark the same way the like the polarity as i would think of it or is it completely different that's where it really comes into the reader's ability to clear their matches because i've definitely seen colors that i don't like <laughs> and i'm like Ugh. and it's because i've been in that vibration when pain or something has happened to me so let's say i'll see like a macaroni orange i'm like ew like, I'm like, no. So like, it's it's my vision and perception. So that macaroni orange might be a bright day for someone, but it could be like a, a trauma for me. So what we do is we clear our energy as that's happening. That's why it's important to have this level of training because I'm like, okay, in order for me to neutrally read you, I can't read you through my pain. I'm going to go ahead and clear my pain to that. And then I'm going to be able to read you. So I would say the way that I see it is yes, I'll see some denser because we're talking about density colors on the spectrum of density. So if I see dark grays, it's really like old pain or I'll see some deep maroons. I'm like, Ooh, to me, that's like really old sticky pain. Um, but each person's spirit speaks to me very differently. So your spirit could be like, here's blue and it's so dark and luscious and I'm obsessed with it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. But like for someone else that could be like the deepest grief they've ever experienced in their life. Like, <laughs> So each person's spirit kind of narrates their color tones as long as I'm kind of clearing my energy and my um, biases to the energy. Did you ever have a time when you, because I, I definitely know I had a time, I was raised Roman Catholic. So the concept of a spirit as we're talking to it and like a an old school soul are slightly different. Like how did you first encounter how you now see a spirit or someone's spirit as opposed to like their soul frequency or as like... opposed to what you thought about it growing up maybe did your perception of that change at all uh, i don't really have a, like a lot of religious programming gotcha. because okay. I, I wasn't really i mean like i yeah i don't i don't know if we have matches there i i i think that as I've developed my clairvoyance, things just get brighter and nicer <laughs> to look at. I'm like, Whoop! it's really fun. Yeah. Before 
I was so fucking scared. <laughs> I was like, no, get away from me. I don't want anything to do with this. Um, but now as I've kind of trained and, and developed seniority, like it's, it's getting fun now. Well, I guess that's what I meant. So when, whenever I was younger, the soul has like a, had a permanence, uh, like a scary permanence and anything mm. outside of it was kind of like a, I mean, I guess you could think of this like someone would call the Akashic Records, but just like, you know, black marks on your soul for deeds or things like that. So it was weird to think of, right, very weird to think of a, a soul like a permanent record in school instead of like this expansive, colorful thing as we're speaking of it. Like a spirit is so much lighter and brighter in my mind than as I was brought up thinking about a soul as a permanent record that things were marked against you and it was very strange it's very uh it's nice to think about spirit in the way that that you talk about it well i think that that's such a beautiful example of what religious programming does right it separates us into punishment and judgment for being human um so yeah i mean we do have akashic records keeper i have one we we all have them um so yeah, everything is being recorded, but you have to understand that like judgment and punishment comes from a place of humanness and not necessarily from a place of your Akashic record ke records keeper who's vibrating in neutrality. So they look at what we're doing and they're clapping for us either way. <laughs> they're like, they're just in the body. Like, so when we take an action and I think for some people who find religion, they need that structure. Like, I, I truly don't, I don't have anything against religion. I think religion can, you know, if you're a soul who's coming to experience and maybe you don't have as many lifetimes, like religion helps to create, okay, we don't kill someone. We don't do like, it creates kind of this structure. It's, it's the container. And then you outgrow that container, right? Does that take a few thousand lifetimes? Maybe does it take three? It's up to your soul. And so then you can start to look at a different perspective and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. There's more to this. There's more to this. Um, so I think religion is beneficial to some people. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Cause it creates this, you know, container. I mean, I don't love the punishment charge on it. It's kind of, it's like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I'm hearing you too. Like, you know, okay. I have this black mark. I've done this wrong. I've done this wrong. I've done this wrong. It's so invalidating. Well, that's Catholic. I mean, most Catholics have the same story. That's Roman. <laughs> that's why there's an entire Protestant thing, right? Because people are just like, this isn't the best feeling. <laughs> yeah. So that's why there are a bunch of split offs. But it's, I, I agree with you where I think there's an expression, and then we get off the, the religious energy, which is <laughs> uh, the dogma keeps the message, which is the rigid structure preserves the potentially good esoteric philosophical messages of humanity so i mean obviously some of them are way more repressive but without that rigid structure they probably wouldn't have survived this long and some people you know you do get a good amount of humanness from them you can get it without for sure you can come to them in different ways but you know like love your neighbor is a great one so most people wouldn't disagree with that <laughs> things like that yeah there's such beauty in it and there's also such pain. And I oh, want to yeah. validate that for people because again, it's control. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, 
if we look at it from a higher perspective of neutrality, it's like, okay, my soul wanted to experience the control. So I had the, you know, inverse of what I'm growing into, right? Like, I think that's really beautiful. I didn't grow up super religious. My mom was really like spiritual. My dad was a little, a little Christian for a while. That was an interesting journey for him. Um, and then I ended up wanting to go to church as like a teenager because all my friends did. And we had like mega churches in California. So it was like, it was like a social thing. It was wild. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of that energy of, of control, right? I, I set the rules. I set the energy. And so when you start to step into your spiritual energy, you're like, actually, I set the energy. Yes, I'm Yes. I want to go back to a word you mentioned at the beginning, which is dorsal. And I love your approach to nervous system regulation and just the nervous system states because it's such a in the zeitgeist right now with cold therapy and saunas and people are finally starting to play with their nervous system and start to regulate stress with their own built-in tools. Uh, could you walk me through the um, nervous system states and your sort of the, I like the way you present it because it makes more sense for, for my mind. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm also so happy that nervous system stuff is here and present and popular because I think all of us nineties babies, maybe are just like little anxious babies. And we're like, <laughs> how do we do this? Um, so we need this. <laughs> um, okay. So I've been studying the nervous system for a couple years, my own, particularly since I had that kind of nervous system complete shutdown. And it's kind of through this lens of polyvagal theory. It is. Um, if you've read The Body Keeps Score, one of my teachers studied directly with, um, I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now, and that's okay. He wrote The Body Keeps Score. So um, it's through the lens of polyvagal theory. And it's if you Google polyvagal theory, what you're going to see is this ladder. So we have three kind of states and they call it like this nervous system hierarchy. So we have dorsal at the bottom, which is, you know, shut down, feigning for death. And we have ventral vagal in the center, which is calm, cool, collective, socially engaged. This is your window of capacity, we call it, sometimes referred to as the window of tolerance. And then Above there, we have our sympathetic activation, which is where you're in fight, flight, fawn, freeze. Now, the thing about it is that it doesn't always move up, like, linearly. You know, you go, for me, from, in my experience, I can pop right into dorsal, which is shut down. And, and how this is normally explained is, like, you see an animal, and it's in flight or flight. It, if you watch your dog or your cat, something kind of traumatic throws them out of their body, they shake it off immediately. If they didn't have access to that shaking it off, they would probably faint for death, like a possum, right? So to explain this, we want to be in the ventral vagal. It's when we're socially engaged. We have access to our prefrontal cortex. We're vibing. Most of us are not there <laughs> or our window in the middle. If you have dorsal down here and you have sympathetic up here, our window is like this big. So we get triggered and we're like immediately up or immediately down. And this has been referred to as many mental health um, diagnoses as like bipolar disorder or 
Um, there's, there's many, 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 many different things. I don't want to get too deeply manic into that. that manic depressive, which is similar to, yeah, yeah. Like there's, if your window, if you're just bouncing from one state of dorsal to sympathetic all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially when we experience, and I love my teacher, I just want to call her out, Linda Ty. She's the most amazing human being. I could just cry tears of joy. Speaking of her, such an amazing trauma therapist and teacher. I took her somatic regulations course and it just changed my life. Um, and also my mentor, Olivia, who has done so much training on this. It's like, oh, this changed my life. When you experience the whiff of the sniff of a, of a trigger, your heart rate starts to raise. And if you're not, your breath starts to shorten. And if you're not focusing on your exhale, you're not focusing on actually bringing your heart rate down. You start to activate your sympathetic charge. How many times if you've noticed this is why I'm so deeply obsessed with breath work, <laughs> just the noticing of the breath. Right now I'm talking really quick. My heart's up a little bit. I'm a little bit sympathetically activated as I'm talking about this. <sighs> Focusing on the exhale to kind of start to bring that heart rate down to bring safety back into the body. We start to expand our window capacity. Now what happens if you don't catch it and you start to get panicky because pictures in our minds the other night I got spun out. <laughs> As I do often because I'm sensitive to energy in this life, develop tools. So when you're in that sympathetic fight, flight, freeze, spawn, the best thing you can do for yourself is move. Whether you're angry and you want to just like punch or push against the wall, push away whatever's scaring you, or you want to run, movement. I used to have panic attacks and I remember there was always this like, breathe and just try to be chill. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> And so there's like, now that I know that I can move and like get somatic and get into my body, that's where the magic happens is like being with your body. Even when you're triggered, I'm getting triggered, even talking about this. So let's all take a breath together. Just the whiff of the snip of hearing the word panic attack yeah. sent me. <laughs> I'm like, well, that'd be so what you would notice a, a goose or a cat do, right? What you just said, which is when they get... <laughs> I mean, I think he's do too, where some, they get into a little conflict and then you see them like flap or the cat like will twitch something. So it just moves that energy, right? They're not dancing or doing anything that we would do, but their body does it for them where it just gets rid of that. And then they go back to laying down within like 30 seconds, right? Yeah, we're so chronically pent up <laughs> that we can, don't just go back to laying down. We just stay in it. We stay in it. And if it gets so bad that we're frozen in terror, will go right down to that dorsal feigning for death. And this is what is considered depression. So now a lot of my friends will be like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling depressed. And most of my friends are in like the mindfulness or like yoga space or healing space. And they don't consider movement elevating their heart rates. And that's what really changed for me is like when I started working out, when I started to elevate my heart rate, so much of that pent up energy, all that anger, all of that fear, all of that terror that I had experienced as a child started to be able to have a space to move. So my window of tolerance started to move. I also experienced fear of being in stillness and being alone. And so I had to, you know, expand my, my window on the down end towards that dorsal. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be still. 
bad things happen when I'm still. And so I had to clear a lot of that energy. And then it's a constant retraining. I don't want to ever say that nervous system retraining is like, we're going to do this for one month. It's been almost three years for me since I've had that, that moment. And there's days when I still get so close to my edge of just full out of body dissociation, but I stay. And that to me is fucking miraculous. Yeah. So you said window of tolerance or window of capacity is, does it work the same as like a aerobic or a fitness window of capacity where we will train, right. And get ourselves to the edge of breaking, right. Adrenal fatigue almost, and then come back down and recover. But we do that intentionally. So is that the same, so to speak, as getting triggered and then before you actually get spun out, you can bring yourself back down. Does that, is that the same window? hundred percent. I think it's very similar. I, we want to, you know, ex, we want to expand our heart rate variability. We want to expand our tolerance to triggers of every day. They're not going anywhere. They're not, we can't just lock our, I mean, like I have this fantasy picture of moving to the woods and not being bothered by anyone. Like, Yet spirits like, please be in the world and teach. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that it's so similar. And that's what I love about our work blending is like, you're so physical with it and I'm so energy, but it's, it's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about energy as, as a, I had an issue with that. And that's still my, like where my left brain tries to bridge it. Just, I think of energy as molecules as like, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, and the biochemicals floating around our body. But the way you speak about it is less billiard ball, less like Newtonian physics and more ethereal and more, you know, it's, a, it's just a different way of seeing it. So my brain still has to like install this other lens to sort of feel what you're saying through because I can't, uh, I haven't felt it as much in my body yet. Well, I think the way that you see it is the way that you see it. If you see it like billiard balls, like that's really cool. That's still clairvoyance. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's more of like, I'm going to see it in my ethereal misty way. Cause that's who I am. And you're going to see it in the form of like, okay, this makes sense to me. I can see and understand it through this lens. And if I'm meant to see it in a more misty way, spirit will bring that to me. Yeah. The, the issue with the way I see it, it's not an issue. It's just a, you almost jumped to the reality and I'm looking at it through the lens of like more scientific programming. But the problem with scientific programming is that it shifts, right? Because we're discovering so much. So Newtonian physics turned into quantum physics and quantum physics is a whole lot like metaphysics, which is just everything's vibrating. There's probability. There's nothing solid. So it turns pretty quickly into what you're describing. It's just hard for my mind and probably a lot of the engineering mind it doesn't work in a jigsaw puzzle right that's the way our minds work it's pure logic and the the way that i hear you presenting energy isn't pure logic like it's not just that this fits in here this fits in here but maybe it is well i mean when we're reading energy we're turning down the analytical parts of us so that we can be in that creative space spirit is spirit like Spirit is like cool science, also part of creation. So we can't, we're not invalidating science. Science is freaking dope. But like 
when we're reading through the lens of like, I have to have the answers and it has to have a correctness and I have to prove myself. That's when you invalidate yourself and you invalidate what you're seeing. And then that's a picture. So a picture is something layered upon what is our truth. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm seeing it in this way. And, you know, me having information feels really good to me and my mind, but it's also like, can I have that? And this other side of me that, you know, takes a lot of reps. Like it does. And for me, I'm not, I have always been kind of like psychically dyslexic. I don't remember names of things. Like I'm just like, it's just not there for me. So that's just not who I am. And that's okay. I think we all can be validated for the amazing magic we bring to this world for sure. Absolutely. Um, I was just talking about this with uh, another podcast guest, Noah Wells, and the only difference between like physics and metaphysics. So what the unseen and the scientifically accepted is just language, right? Like my brain on all my filters calm way down if just the language changes from, so if someone says for the water, electrolyzed reduced water, very medical scientific term opposed to living water, which is a very fluffy term, mean the same thing. But if someone gives my brain a mechanism, like this is the Joe Dispenza's, right? The bridge between the like hard, tangible, uh, earthly science and the uh, feelings and the energy. If someone just gives me a mechanism, my brain goes, oh, okay. And then I'm more likely to tune in and play with it and, and start feeling things a little more. So that's why I love the way you present it is I can start to watch for the feeling more immediately. Yeah. I think there's something so lovely about having the right language that just lands for you. I think yeah. when I found human design mm. and I learned that I was a manifester and I learned that I was emotional, the language just landed. There's we're, We all get to be where we're at. And I want to validate that so much because I was obsessed with human design for like so many years. It was the language until I was ready to outgrow a lot of that language and start finding a new language. So we're all just trying to like find a language that fits for us to describe our unique experiences. So if you have that language and it feels good for you, like, I think what you're saying too has a lot to do with like the energy behind people's words like and that's the best part is like there's charge again there's pictures people want to throw energy in your space this is the correct way that is such a red flag to me like the biggest red flag is someone trying to say my way is the right way because it's not we are so different as individual people we all have different energy we all have different pain we all have different joy there's no right way clairvoyant training might not even be the right way it depends on what your spirit wants to do in this life. You have your mock-ups, you have your creation, you have your power. And so, yeah, I think that anyone trying to program you with language, red flag. <laughs> and also let's not be an avoidance to it. it happens every day. I get programmed. I gotta just deprogram myself. I'm like, God damn it. That got me again. <laughs> What's a mock-up? Why am I laughing? Like, oh, for some reason, there was this energy that just came in that was like, I can't tell you my secrets. It's so secretive, but I'm really learning how to like own this. So a mock-up is essentially creating a container for what you want to experience. So it's a manifestation, but we send it off kind of like a little bubble to source 
once we've kind of worked the energy on it and gotten really clear. So I have a mock-up. So mock-ups can be really big. They can be small. So like right now, if we all visualize an ice cream cone and put it in a mock-up and we visualize our favorite flavor, we could just send that off to source and be like, I'd like to receive this, right? It's like a little (laughs) ticket. Like, here you go. That's kind of like a mock-up. Some mock-ups we have are agreements and they have agreements and plans in them for this lifetime of what we want to experience. So like, for example, I have a teacher mock-up in this life. So basically I'm going to get thrown into experiences (laughs) so I could teach. So more clarified intention. Yeah, sure. If, if intention and manifestation made a baby, it would be a mock-up. We'll go with that. I love that. That's, (laughs) that's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a good one because I always need this tool to be what I love about the work that you do is just tools, right? I love building toolkits. So I have metabolic toolkits and physical toolkits, and we've been talking about nervous system and stress relief toolkits. What is your toolkit for? Oh, I just completely lost my train of thought. Interesting. Unconsciousness. <laughs> you just- <laughs> Yay. Okay, good. That happens to me so much. Wow. Whatever you're going to say is big. Uh, yeah, which is why I really want to remember it. I'll come back. Um, how does this affect, how does energy affect like creativity, productivity, like for production or for flow, like writer's block, things like that. Or if you're just, you know, trying to build a website or something, how can you, if you know something's stuck, is there an easy way to just get your energy flowing again? Totally. It's called meditation. (laughs) Um, It's called what you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, creativity is just energy. We're all creative energy. If anything, in my opinion, source is energy that created existence and we're all part of that. So we're all just creative ass humans. When you're feeling blocked into like with your creative energy, there's a lot of different things that it could be past lives, pain. Um, You could be in resistance to what you're creating. You could not have the havingness to have it. Um, So I would say there's no easy, the easiest way is to develop your own awareness and to be like, okay, I'm blocked. Can I move this myself or do I need support? Like having that awareness and like the ability to, the havingness to ask for help. I I'm a freaking professionally trained clairvoyant. Okay. Like I've been training this four years now, which is a long time. And I sometimes still can't see myself and I'm really good at it. So I would say it's, it's learning how to be like, okay, that energy is blocked. And then, oh, there's, there's pictures under that. But I would, I don't think there's an easy way unless you're committed to knowing yourself. So if you're committed to knowing yourself, then usually you're like, okay, I'm blocked. What do I need? Oftentimes the first thing we need is to stop pushing and to rest. We are obsessed with productivity in this world. We match that energy so easily. So I would say when we're overproducing and not resourcing ourselves through source, and I, you can do this. I'll give you a tool right now. Make a big golden sun over your head and call your energy back. 
when you're scattered, that's the first thing I look at is like, where's your energy? I see, is your energy in Thailand? Like, where, where are you? Is my energy still up here? Bar? Probably. Let's call it back. So like when you're scattered, that really mucks up the energy when you're not in your body, when, when you're ungrounded. I mean, there's so many things. So there's not a one size fits all. I wish there was, but this is why we train to read energy. Cause it's like, Ooh, okay. Like where is this flow blocked up? It'd be like going to no, I don't like that picture. Never mind. <laughs> would yeah. would you say that meditation is? So I know you have a slightly different opinion on meditation or starting meditation than some people. But would you say that it's the sort of the tool to learn for just your own awareness and just honing your awareness on a daily level? There's this like energy that wants to come out of me, which is like not in present time that I'm. Okay, gonna clear that. It's I really believe that in this moment, sitting with yourself is the most powerful tool that we can have. Do I think it's accessible to everyone? No, because it's really hard, and some people need support in getting there. Um, I didn't like meditation at all I didn't I didn't like being with myself because when I door knocked <laughs> um <laughs> you can go get it if you want no 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 I'm good um it was the next door neighbor um hold on one second yeah. oh my nervous system got a little I'm gonna look behind me guys second tool you can always check behind you it really helps to recenter when you know your spatial awareness okay can you give me that question one more time uh would you would you say that meditation is a the best tool or the best starting tool for honing your awareness yeah i would i think that being with yourself is the greatest tool that you can have and i also know that that's not accessible to everybody because some people need support to get there some people have experienced trauma in stillness. Yeah. And to close their eyes and be with their self when there's so much pain is, is unbearable. Um, I remember when I would, oh, it gets me emotional. I remember when I would close my eyes and I didn't realize I was so psychic. I would just see too much. It was just too much. And so I would, I would do all my readings with my eyes open and my teachers would be like, and I'm like, I just can't, I don't want to see it. I don't even want to see it. So yeah, I would say that um, for me, it started with guided meditations. I loved them. I love a good guided meditation. That sometimes drops me in when I can't. You got to move the, that first 15 minutes of meditation is brutal and agonizing sometimes because you are moving through the resistance and you're clearing everybody else's energy so you can find you. So really learning how to find yourself underneath that is the process, but you have to be willing um, some people don't have the capacity for that right away. It takes a very brave person to move through the resistance to see themselves. Yeah. I mean, like a really, 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 really brave person. Um, and so <laughs> we're laughing because we have a, a joke about this. <laughs> it's not because we don't think you're brave. <laughs> because you're so brave. You are. 
But yeah, I would say that meditation is whatever you do to turn towards yourself. If that's not meditation, maybe it's taking a nice walk and being with yourself for a moment. If that's not meditation, maybe you're hitting the mat and it's yoga. Maybe you're sitting on the beach. Maybe you're swimming in the water. Whatever that is for you, whatever you do to find you, you're sitting on your therapist's couch. Follow that. It's you calling you back home. So important. And that's where the work begins, is is in here. You mentioned figuring out what energy is yours. How? Like that's a such a, a foreign concept for me before I knew you. How do you even begin to figure out what's your energy and if someone else is in your space? Um, I'll say this. Your energy feels good in your body. If you have pain in your body, it's not yours. Or it's pictures or it's something else. It's not actually you. If we're all derived from source, why would we feel bad when we're just energy all the time flowing? When your energy is in flow, you feel good. When you have a bunch of blockages, a bunch of pain, a bunch of unprocessed emotions, that's what where the world is when you have an unprocessed emotion. I'm like, if you have unprocessed emotions, how's your gut? <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah, I mean... Hold on, I'm going unconscious because I probably have some matches to that. So hold on one second. Damn, that's unconsciousness. What was the question? Oh my God, that's wild. Let me just clear it. Mm. Yeah, there's like a tool that I wanna I wanna talk about. I would love a tool. That's why there's unconsciousness. So hold on one second. Okay. Okay, so your energy feels good in your body. It does. I know saying that right now, most of you are probably experiencing some form of pain. <laughs> That's just your body trying to get your attention to stuck energy. And so I will say that my, I don't know if I've experienced my body feeling good for like fucking 7,000 years at a time. I mean, it's in bursts. It's it's expanding your capacity to have that, um, but your energy feels good. I like to compare it to the to the picture the the picture of you are a car and you're your own unique special sports car. Make it a gorgeous color, whatever you want. You want leather? What do you want? And you have a special gas. It's your own number. And then all of a sudden, your friend needs you and pumps their gas into your car. Then someone pumps diesel. You're like you're dying. You know, your energy runs smoothly. It doesn't mean that life is easy. It means that you can handle it. You are in your window of capacity. You have capacity, you have presence, you can solve problems. You you're here. Um, let's talk about a little tool because I'm sure people listening, um, are managing so many people's energy that they don't know. So um, we're going to close our eyes and I'll walk you through just a teeny little tool, but yeah, let's just gently close our eyes if that feels safe for you in this moment. And let's just take a couple breaths here in through the nose and out through the mouth. Ah, and sigh out all that intellectual information. 
maybe finding a little amusement. I'm thinking about weirdly like Cheeto puffs right now. So you're just talking about them. I would never eat a Cheeto puff at this moment, but just crunching on one sounds fun. Energy works just works better when we're silly. When we're silly little gooses, geese, ooh, geese, silly little geese. So I want you to visualize right out in front of you a dial. Don't do anything with it yet. Just make it yours. We're just going to be working with the part of our, our mind that visualizes. This could be a really vintage dial. This could be a very modern dial. This, whatever you want. The first thing that comes to your mind, just allow. And what we're going to do is start to call in a question, an intention. Let's have that gauge show us how much energy in our bodies on a scale of one to 100 are we managing that's not ours and let that dial start spinning i want you to step back and not control that dial you don't have to do anything just allow it to show you what it's ready to show you there's no right or wrong way <laughs> some of you are like 150 <laughs> there's no right or wrong way please do not judge yourself okay like i I'm looking at mine. I have tools. Mine's like 30 right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give that a little healing. So part of grounding is being able to clear energy. And when we can clear energy, ah, oh, life is good. We just need to give that energy a place to go. Like, hey, I see that you're in my body. There's no judgment. It happens. Sometimes I'm spongy. It's fine. I'd like you to not be in there. So let's give you the exit route. So let's actually do this. This is going to be hilarious. Let's blow up a big inflatable slide, like the ones you see come out of a plane. And go ahead and just hook that slide up to that gauge. And go ahead and let that slide just, just naturally and organically fall right into the center of the planet. We call this the dump yard. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. This is the planet has is so dense. It has so much more capacity to process other people's shit. You don't have to do it. So go ahead and just press the release and watch all those people start sliding out. <laughs> and you can just wave bye and just like be a little silly with it. You're taking it too seriously, kind of unclench. Like I know all of you are serious and heady and you're like, I can't let go. I can't do it. Just unclench and just watch the people slide out. You're not hurting them. They're going to get a healing. Gaia's going to take care of them, give them their energy back, maybe clean them up. Wow. Good times. Let Gaia give them a nice jacuzzi bath, like away from you. <laughs> yeah. Just slide them all out. Slide your boyfriend out, you know? Or your girlfriend. Probably slide her out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that sounded weird. <laughs> You know, if your mom's in there because she told you to get the different sheets, just get her out. She can manage her weird obsession with sheets. I don't know why, but someone's mother is like, you need to buy these sheets. <laughs> if your boss is in there, just gently let them go back to themselves. Yeah. There you go. And then when you're done, take that gauge and we're going to take it all the way out of, out of the desert, like the furthest desert you know. I love the ancient Egyptian desert and I just blow that shit up. 
neutralize it however you want. Sometimes I, I like just get a little wild with it. Sometimes I laser gun it from like a hundred yards. Just like, let's go. <laughs> I'm so violent. Oh my God. Everyone loves laser tag. I just love a laser tag. Sometimes I really think of like energy in my field and I laser it out. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. This is my space. You the make the pew noise when you do it? I do because it's amusing. You know those like old movies where you like, what is it called? The gun, when you do the gun and you like put the little things up and you shoot them in the air, that you like launch them. Someone will know what I'm talking about. Like you throw the, the thing and you pucks? shoot it. Yes. Skeet shooting? Yes. That's what I think of when I'm like blowing up people's energy in my space. I'm like, get out. And then I just like, okay, cool. You're not hurting them. You're neutralizing the charge. Good work, everybody. Let's just all collectively right now, because not everyone has this tool, fill ourselves in because we've just released. So we always fill in. Nice big golden sun. Visualize it right on top of your head. Put a little smiley face in it. Maybe some sunglasses because we're really cool. Everything I do is like kindergarten level. It's a real fun treat. So just really give yourself that sun's magnetics and call back all your energy. I like to think of that like a source IV. I'm like, please replenish me, God. <laughs> and just bring that through the top of your head and let all your cells fill it in. Yeah, energy workers. We're doing energy work on this podcast today. You all can now call yourself energy workers because you just work some energy. And that's all it is. Now do that 1 million times over <laughs> and you will have a really awesome psychic bicep. Make sure you do both of them. No one likes undeveloped <laughs> <No>. psychic body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much amusement. <laughs> oh, people are going to think I'm so weird. I'm so ready. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it should be a little, it's fun. It should be weird. It is. There's way too much seriousness. I'm I'm way too serious most of the time. That was one of my my intentions at the beginning of the day was more amusement, less heaviness. Most mornings. Well, that's the problem with information and data. That's why I love just thinking about it in terms of energy, just because information and data is heavy, takes up a lot of space. And one of the things you say that I absolutely love is take more, take up more space in your body, right? So the information isn't mine, right? Didn't come through me. I'm just piling and piling and piling and piling. It's useful for some things, but yeah, it takes up a lot of space. Oh my God. Yeah, it does. I'm like, ooh, the energy. I mean, essentially what we do is we want to keep the information, but clear what we don't need. Yeah. It's kind of this, like how I'm seeing it's really interesting too. It's like, it's, it's, it's that energy. Like I have to retain this. If I don't have this, I won't be safe. That is so interesting. And it like weaves through like holding on to things. It's almost like, it's almost a scarcity picture. I'm sure it's a scarcity picture. Yeah. And now I want to blow my matches because like same. Most of mine are survival things. Like the little prepper part of me is I might need this one day. And sometimes that's true. Uh, but most of it, no, not so much. I wonder like if we could give a percentage and I know that life doesn't work in percentages, but like how many times, cause I just, I just went through this massive process of cleaning out and moving. Mm. 
And I'm like, how many, like, there's only been maybe a handful of times where I'm like, fuck, I need that. And I gave it away. Yeah. That's Mm. interesting. Most household conveniences I don't really need, right? But like dried food or real things that I stockpile. I'm just like, this might come in handy one day. And like things that are never not useful, but there's plenty of things I mean, downsizing feels amazing, right? Because you're literally just clearing energy out of space. Yeah. Energy work. Electronics. Organizing. Yeah. Rearranging energy. Yeah. Like, I think organizing is energy work. Because again, you're creating more space for you to be in your space. You're owning your space. I like to think of it like my analogous to my subconscious, right? That's why a clean house feels nice. It's just... I think it is rearranging or organizing an internal part of me that just helps me think more clearly and things flow a little more easily and I don't have to put so much attention on any one thing to get what I want out of it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that my center of head gets clogged up with people's opinions and information. I like, I love to like scroll on my Instagram and like look at all the psychotherapists and somatic and like all the things and, and, I'll notice it gets noisy. Then I have the tools to clear that because it's really hard to to move through the world with a bunch of other people's information in your space. You want your information. You want what's right for you. So that's when you start to blush it. <laughs> and really it's, it's again, I, like now that I'm seeing it and we're talking about it, it's like the havingness. Do I have the havingness to actually have more space? I just went through this. It's so interesting. Like, do I actually have the habits to like to not want to fill it again immediately? Can I let it be empty and like take up space because it's really not? It's so interesting to look at. And so, thanks for bringing that up. You just mentioned something that would be super helpful for me, but I'm sure like ninety percent of people. Do you have a technique for, say, you just did that scrolling at night? Yeah. And it's, you're trying to go to bed in like a half hour. Is there a a reliable thing that you do? I'm sure this will work for different people differently to get all of those pictures, that information that not yours out so that you can more quickly and more deeply go to bed and just rest. Um, Let's, let's do it. Do you want to do it? Sure. I all the tools. Give me all the tools. (laughs) So the first step to this is always having an exit strategy, which is hilarious, which is a grounding cord. We need to hook ourselves up to the recycling center of the planet, our root chakra, which is our physicality to the planet's root chakra. So what we'll do is we'll close our eyes and we'll visualize. And I think when we start to learn about grounding cords, the best kind of grounding cord to use is like a a neutral green color. So just notice out in front of you, like a nice neutral green color, like a cord of green light. And because I love some dimension, I like to braid mine, just feel sturdier. Yeah. So I like to braid mine all up or you can spin it or whatever you need to do. And then we're just going to bring that cord and let it get as wide as our hips. 
and just clip it into the base of our spine, the seat of the nervous system, our root chakra. Let it just clip in. Yeah. Like you don't need to force it. I was doing some hammering today. I was fixing some stools and I was like, wow, this is great. Like so cathartic, but you don't need to hammer it. Just let it clip in. Your body knows exactly what to do. Your body wants to release. Yeah. And then just let that green cord of light fall to the center of the planet. You don't need to go with it. I want you to stay here, present, centered, and let that go right to the center of the planet. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know. <laughs> just let it go. It's the best part about it. You don't need to know. You don't need to have all the information. Just let it go. It's going to connect right to the center of the planet. And once it's there, once you just kind of like notice it, you start to feel your body a little bit more. Just give it like a gentle tug to make sure it's clipped in. And if it's not, just have it clip right into the center of the planet. I will help you out there for your first time. There you go. You're supported. Now what we're going to do is just um, release. So I want you to see a little valve next to that cord and just switch it into turbo release. And this cord is going to kind of suck it out. Like any energy that's not yours, or just suck it out. And you can hook up if you want a little side one to just pop right up to your center of head. There you go. It can start to suck out. I kind of think like, I know we all hate the dentist. I'm sorry to bring this into the space today. But um, that little tool, I kind of like it because I'm always like dying. I can't swallow. I'm like, please suck this out. Like suck out all this. <laughs> it's gross, but I love it. So just start to suck out any energy that's not yours from your head, from your brain, from your intellect. Oh, I'm sorry, your analyzer. Just suck it all out and let it go. All you have to do is unclench, relax your shoulders, and just let the energy do what it needs to do. Anything that is not yours, can you can say bye-bye. Ta-ta. There you go. And now if anything is really sticky there, oh, he has a yawn. He is clearing energy. Yawning is such a beautiful sign of clearing energy in our nervous systems regulating. And so if you're feeling like you have a lot in there, like you've been doing a doom scroll on Instagram, which is me sometimes, I have to like really put my phone in the other room because none of us are perfect and I would never want you to be, be so boring. I like to visualize a rose and through my certain particular psychic lineage, we use roses. They're universally known and we, they're high vibration and we use them as kind of like a container, but we call this a vacuum rose. And so you're going to take this golden rose, make it real sparkly, whatever you want, make it kind of big. I just bought a new vacuum, honestly, yesterday, and I'm so excited about it, honestly. <laughs> this is what happens when you're 30. You um, start to get really titillated by vacuums. This is where we're at. <laughs> And if you're not amused, you're like taking it seriously. It's going to be a lot harder for the energy to move. So please think about me buying a vacuum and driving an hour to go get it. Because God forbid I would ever buy one full price. <laughs> Scares me. <laughs> Take that golden sticky rose and just circle it around the center of your head. Just like really get in there. Vacuum that shit out. You guys. It is so nice to clean. <laughs> you wouldn't have caught me dead when I was like 20 cleaning, but now I'm like, let me clean my center of head. It's Virgo season. Like, let's get in there. Suck that shit out. 
in the back of your head too, like dust off the cobwebs, open up the windows, like let yourself be free. Why are you holding? <laughs> Some of you are clearing all these like monkeys. Oh, I'm just like being annoying in your center. <laughs> yeah. Once that's all cleared, you can just pause this or like and keep going. If you've got uh, about 10 years worth of content in there to clear. Some of us do, especially on our first time. We're like, oh, whoa. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> just take that rose all the way out over the desert or the ocean or just really far away. Just out of your space. Blow it up. Four. That's golf. And then <laughs> keep that grounding cord there. Let that continue to help you release. The biggest part that people don't teach is the replenishment. So we got to think about another golden sun. Visualize. Call all your energy back. Oh, yum. I don't know why I really want a Capri Sun right now. That's like that to me. There's always a picture of a Capri Sun, like on a really hot day as a kid. You finally hit that Capri Sun. <laughs> and you're like, yes, I'm about to go buy a Capri Sun, honestly. Great programming. I'm so programmed. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Have you ever had an Otter Pop? Sorry, we're getting distracted. Let's talk about that in a second. It's like when you hit the otter pop, it's been a long day of playing and all of a sudden you just, anyway, we want to replenish. So let that golden sun come into your aura, into your body and make it bigger. I want this to be like so big. It's because you can have it bigger than your house even. Like if your golden sun is just like a tiny jelly bean, like guys, come on. That's not going to fill you up. Make it really big. And then give it to yourself all the way down your spine, through your shoulders, through your neck, all the way into that center of head. What this golden sun represents is your higher self. It's your unique, beautiful, spiritual gold. Yeah. Have it. Thank you. Take your time. When you're ready. I'm moving us really fast through these tools, but just open your eyes. I need to do that like 10 times a day. When I first started energy work, I did that 10 times a day. Yeah. I remember doing the grounding cord. And if you're watching this, I would say the first thing I always recommend is the grounding cord. That's enough. <laughs> I used to unground and reground myself 10 times a day. That's how ungrounded I was. Now my grounding cords work for like three hours till I hit an energy room. Like, yeah. <laughs> this one will be good. My Cheeto pop will be great. But um, yeah, 10 times a day. It's it's energetic hygiene. It's what I teach. I'm sure you have different tools for different levels of stuckness, things like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well. No? Like, does that I work mean, for even the like deepest layers of, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I would say people, yeah, like there's different tools, like as you kind of progress and like learn, but you want to come from a grounded place. There's different tools, but like, honestly, bare minimum of a grounding cord will get anything out. If you have a grounding cord in your back pocket, like that's all that matters, just hook up an auxiliary. Like right now, my, my telepath channels are just really lit up because there's a bunch of human beings going to listen to the podcast. Yeah. So I'm just hooking up grounding here. So I'm not getting hit with that energy. Yeah. That was I'm just wonderful. Just it out like the dentist. 
I love I'm all the tools. I'm a psychic dentist. <laughs> Energy tools are the shit. <laughs> and I don't even know how people go through life without them. Honestly, I don't. Numbing. <laughs> What's your favorite way to numb? Oh. That's a good question. I usually am numb through too much activation. Oh. More buzzing. Because I don't have a whole lot of substances. So it's usually just like I can't feel or hear hear anything because I'm just in I'm vibrating very quickly. Not like a good vibration, like a just overstimulated. So it's on the other side. It's not on the the dorsal side, like you explained. It's usually not on the bring myself down. It's usually keep myself up. And that is just white noise. That's my numbing. So what do you do to keep yourself up? Because that's your numbing strategy, right? Like you're in high freeze instead of low freeze. Yeah, right. Caffeine is the the normal one. Caffeine. Yeah. Do you want to know mine? Please. annie's cheddar bunnies you know this i i literally have a gluten thing and i will just eat gluten to just do it that's how i numb out i'll just yeah. eat a piece of the bread well like a i think that's bread. a lot of people well, food sugar, is most people's like, numbing yeah like no, the gluten. also yeah. i don't even think that's numbing it's just pure entertainment and joy but like my numbing or concepts are like i don't do alcohol i don't do alcohol i don't do drugs in any form like the way that i numb out is i just lay in my bed and i eat and any cheddar bunnies yeah. and i go unconscious <laughs> sometimes you just need to go unconscious i love Life's it but like once we can accept these parts of ourselves it makes it so much easier to like they're gonna show up you know life's not easy and i think that like once i started to like roast myself about it like my, like it used to be goldfish, right? Like I would eat a whole pound of them. And now it's like any cheddar bunnies are healthier, they're organic. And now I just roast myself about it because it's so cute. It's like the cutest thing. <laughs> okay. So I think we need like a part two, three, and four on this. Okay. <laughs> do you, anything left for foundations that, that you'd like to, to address? Honestly, just join my next group container. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's it it sometimes just takes it takes practice with it and you sometimes we don't we need a a container to have that discipline to show up to it because we will hit resistance when you're clearing energy one of the first energies that clears is resistance yeah so i don't know i feel pretty complete i mean we're we're talking about any shutter bunnies we're getting silly definitely my most amusing podcast and i, I thank god yeah <laughs> where can people follow your your journey your intuitive stories and all of that where can people find you oh my god it's so exciting um on my new website alexandriakenyan.com you can book a reading with me which is such a good first step of just kind of addressing your energy um yeah i love doing a reading i do one-on-one mentorship which is kind of teaching the tools one-on-one, which is so fun. Um, And yeah, there's lots of other offerings on there. Um, 
they all just are based on my cyclic nature. It's really cool. So there and on Instagram, those are my two kind of things. Alexandria.Kenyon on Instagram. Your Instagram is full of a ton of tools and some really raw stuff that I'm sure would help a lot of people because it's just educational and hilarious. I've learned a ton about nervous system work through through watching your Instagram and your stories. So thank you for that. And we'll see everyone in a part two, three, and four, probably. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep. All the Harry Potter know. series. All of the them. whole Harry. We're doing a Hogwarts series. <laughs> yep. This is baby wizard training. It's wizard's chess. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone.